Welcome to another episode of Melissa Time. I'm here, your host, Melissa, hosting this show that is my show on this show on my phone, recording it. Brilliant start. I'm off to a brilliant start. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's how they say it in London, I discovered. I mean, I knew it already, but I actually heard them do it while I was there. I just came back from London. Actually, I just came back from New York and London. I was in London over a month ago. I was in New York last week. A lot of travel. A lot of getting colds from traveling. Something about... I'm, I'm terrible at traveling. I don't know how to do it. I always end up drinking way too much coffee, not sleeping enough because of all of the coffee, eating way too much crap, tired, uh, low immune system or something. I just, oh, I always catch a cold. I always catch a cough. I always get something and I always drink way too much coffee. And then I'm just tweaked out, sick, fucked up, crampy, cranky, and crazy. That's how I travel. Cranky, crampy, and crazy. That's what's, I'm going to start a YouTube tourism channel that focuses on women who travel when they're cranky, crampy, and crazy. All right, I'm over it already. Alliteration is fun, but only, I guess, when you say it about three to five times. Five times is when you're like, okay, I'm over this. It's kind of like puns, but puns are, are one note. You never want to say a pun again. That's why you just try to find another pun. Puns are only good once. That's it. You can't, don't say it again. Unless you want to say it again and again and again. If you say a pun once, ew. Three times, okay, it's good. All right. Seven times, it's funny again. That's probably the rule. Based on Comic Insights by Franklin Agaye, the rule of threes and sevens. All right. That was like super comedy nerd right there, I guess. And. I apologize, but I, uh, I came back from New York. I've never lived outside of New York, really. I did go to high school in the Dominican Republic, but I don't count that one because I was 13 to 16. I was staying with family and DR just feels like Bronx Island or something, at least to me. It just felt like an extension of my upbringing of going to the Bronx. Puerto Rico is really, I guess, Bronx Island, but the Dominican Republic is a close second. The Dominican Republic is like Queens Island. It just feels like another part of New York, basically, because a lot of people there are from New York, been to New York, in between there and New York. And so a lot of the mystery and, you know, sense of wonder is kind of gone when you know that you're just traveling all the way to the Caribbean to see your aunt, you know, or aunt, however you pronounce it. I don't mean to be political or, you know, oppress a narrative. Aunt or aunt, both are valid, just so you know. And yeah, so I'm I'm living in Austin and it's been, first it was weird because I feel like my nervous system had to get used to the, the more relaxed pace of living here and I just couldn't at first because I grew up in New York and it's just the the pacing of everything the walking this even people even sit faster in New York like you sit fast you get up fast you know you you sit down eat a bagel get the fuck up go to work you know that's like I gotta go because I gotta get coffee yeah and um I don't know, maybe it's just all that cocaine energy. I'm not sure what it is, but you just get used to this frenetic pace. And and also you get you 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 get used to looking out for crackheads and just hustlers and dickheads and people trying to start problems, somebody trying to grope or fuck with you or something, you know? Everybody's trying to get something from somebody else over there and it's cuz it's how you make a living. And so it just makes you very hyper aware and quick. You, you basically turn into a squirrel, everything. Like the squirrels, the pigeons, the people, the same, they are all three of the same people. 
they are the same people. That's it. You just become that. And so living in Austin, I had to slow down. Remember, I was a human being. Relax a little bit. Look around. And and just realize that nothing is happening right now. And at first, that was driving me crazy. Because it's like... You know, live, growing up in New York is like growing up inside of a haunted house. You know, you, you see how when people move to the haunted house, they're just like, oh, okay, honey, run up the stairs and come down for dinner. No, gee, don't running in the hallway. Everybody's all relaxed. Mom is like, you know, licking batter off her finger. She's making a cherry pie or whatever the fuck, right? Daddy's doing, building a shelf, you, you know, that idyllic scenario where they just end up in a haunted house they don't know and then slowly they just become these neurotic freaked out people running everywhere well that is new yorkers that's new yorkers and it's exactly like a haunted house there are people you know you drive into the city there's somebody will you know you hear wailing in the distance like an eerie moaning right you see uh you see ghouls rattling chains in the streets moaning asking for a dollar, right? Some, somebody will just, I don't know, like a leper will just lean in and just fucking scream in your face. It's like, it's very kooky. And so for me, the, imagine it, it's going backwards. I grew up in the haunted house and now I moved away into the place that the family comes from. So it's just hard to believe that there are no ghosts here. And of course there's, you know, there's messed up people and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's it's all over the country, all over the world. But it's just not as high octane. It's not as condensed. You're not packed in in the same way. And also, if you can't drive here, you really can't get around. And that's most, um, you know, junkies i guess or whatever you know like fucked up people uh that have loads of emotional baggage uh really can't get around in other states the same way they can in new york that's because of the metro because of the subway system you know you just, you just go anywhere it's the great equalizer of having to put up with shit here and i guess in a lot of other states you can just drive away from all the bullshit and then come back even if you live in it you can drive up here to a lake just sit in the lake and wonder how all the choices you made led to you being there. But you can't really do that in New York. You don't even have time to reflect or think. You just become automated in a way. Unless you're super rich, then you know, then you kind of have that slice of life again. So yeah, so I'm getting used to not being in this that haunted city, ghost town, and... And then I, I guess I finally starting to get my bearings and even feel like a human being. I have never felt that before, just to feel like a person. And I can, you know, take a second and make a, make a loaf of bread or something, you know, make some lunch and like nothing's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to eat a sandwich and a mysterious goo is not going to drip onto it as I take a bite from somewhere above me and then I'll never know what it is and then I have to brush it off and eat anyway because I'm starving. That doesn't happen here and uh, I'm still not fully reconciled to it. Oh my God. So much drama. But then I went back to New York and uh, even that little bit of time not being there just gave me a... kind of have a different perspective of all the shit there that's going on especially you know I feel if you come from some kind of cultural group or ethnic group over there that feels like they're supposed to be there like they have like like they own New York like somehow there's a fucking like they're stock owners of New York City You know, like they invest in New York City through Robin Hood and they're just like invested in the fucking the squiggly line, whether it goes up or down. It's like there's no money in this for you. 
New York just takes money from it. They're just like, no, son, I'm from, I'm a New York, you know. And uh, Puerto Ricans are one of those. And they get really, really hooked to onto New York. It's like a part of their whole identity. They don't, a lot of Puerto Ricans from New York, not all, but a lot, don't know how to think of themselves not in, not being from New York. They don't have, because they think, they think being a New Yorker is being Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? Those are the Puerto Rican, they travel to Puerto Rico and they, uh, it's like, they act like they're making some fucking pilgrimage. They start touching mangoes. Like, these are the mangoes of my people, son. Like those kind of Puerto Ricans. <laughs> those guys are hilarious. And that's, uh, that's just a group that's there, you know? And there's a lot of other groups like that, you know, like the Italians from Brooklyn, you know? We're from fucking Brooklyn, son. You know, we're fucking... Uh. So, I I don't know. I, I managed somehow to pull away from that shit and, like, take a good hard fucking look at New York. and take the, I mean, first of all, I think objectively things are worse. Um... Uh, things it it's uh it's new york's going through a rough patch right now and it's in that same way where you're in an abusive relationship and it's always an abusive relationship but then you know there's like the week where guys really taking swings at you breaking all your shit right and you're like oh we're going through a rough patch it's like bitch your life is a rough patch okay your life is a scaly scaly scab and you need to pick it and get away and that's new york right now it's it's like it's always fucked up there but it it, i think it's manageable most or in recent years it had become manageable because i remember growing up as a kid and seeing some messed up stuff and and that's pretty much all the stuff that i'm seeing coming back now like the when i was a kid it was like the tail end of the crack epidemic and that had really started to dissipate but you saw you saw some stuff here and there you know like a guy getting jumped and some guy tweaking or nodding off somewhere, but nothing too crazy. But now, I don't know, man. They're they're letting all the mental patients out of the asylum or something like that because it's like every block, every block. Do you know how, dude? At one point, I thought I was seeing the same guy after every block because it was it was like even the same kind of craziness. It was like a guy with no shirt on holding his arms out like Jesus and staring at the sky with glazed eyes, you know, like that guy. And I just kept seeing, I was like, is this the same fucking guy? Is this guy just, are we walking this? Are we going to the same Starbucks right now? Me and this guy. And it, nope, I think it, no, it was pretty sure it's actually different guys. And then the trains, the uh, panhandlers, you know, you got the, the, the fun ones. You get the Mexican uh, band, you know, they come in, they play a, a bolero or something and uh, some, somebody does magic tricks or something. Some chick tries to tap dance and trips over herself and face plants. But then there's, um, there's those hustler ones that they come in and they try to guilt you slash aggress at you to get money where they start talking about how they did time in prison and uh and shit shit is crazy you know and i'm holding on i'm trying real hard you know and they do that thing where it's like give this man money or he's gonna commit a terrorist attack kind of dude and uh that's my that's my least favorite panhandler because that's like you know don't put yourself in a position where you're begging but then you also want to threaten people that's bullshit you know like you still want to have leverage even though you're asking people to give you money for free. Come on. Come on now. That's not how you hold on to your pride. As long as you don't shit your pants, you have pride. You have dignity. Here's a good test for finding your dignity. If you feel like you're in a position where life is hard and you feel like I have no dignity, right? Here's what you do, okay? You, uh, you take a pen this pen like this one and you hold it in front of you kind of like how people hold divining rods in front of them to find metal on the beach right and you do that and you hold the pen out and you walk for a little while and the minute you go what the fuck am i doing there you go you found it you found your dignity
once again. There it is. All right. <clears throat> That's the end of the... That concludes the advice portion of the podcast. Yeah, man, New York is, is a fucking wreck. It's... It's um, it's just like, it's New York on extra hard level, like a video game. You know, a video game would be like one zombie and then extra hard, it's 10. Well, New York now, it's like, you know, easy level. We had like 10 years ago, one crackhead. Now you got 10 crackheads, same block that you have to get by. And while you wonder why society is crumbling and how come nobody's helping these people or whatever the fuck, right? And uh, yeah. I saw this uh, video on Instagram even about it. There's a there's an Instagram channel called What Is New York, and I just subscribe to it just to kind of keep one toe in to the pulse of Nueva York. And basically, a train conductor is yelling at some guy, this young guy, with his pants down below his ass, did a do right, right? Just stand there. Also squaring up at the train conductor who's like 50 years old, right? He's like squaring up like they're going to fucking fight. They're going to have a battle right now. And he's just like in the conductor's face. And all the conductor's saying, because the guy is smoking on the train. He's smoking a cigarette. And all the conductor's saying is like, dude, what the, do you, did your dad raise you like this? What the fuck, bro? It's like, the, you know, there's like serious shit going on in society right now. They're, they're like people that really want to enslave us, that really, really want to oppress us. And you're over here wasting time with this bullshit and coming at me like this. And the, and it's like, he's trying to tell this kid, this is like, you know, he's trying to say some of the most real shit that you could possibly try to get through somebody like that's head. And this fucking kid, this idiot, and he's not a kid, really. It's just that. I think whenever I see a stupid adult, I'm just like, this is a kid, right? It has to be. But he could have been 26. I don't know. And the guy's just squaring up. And this guy, the conductor says all this with with real heartfelt emotion, like it just really, really trying to reach through to this person, right? And to be like, look, this isn't about the smoking. This is about a bigger thing, you know? This is about you. Like, where, you know, where are you going? And this guy just fucking looks at him and then he spits on the floor and he goes, Yo, son, my father don't even talk to me like that, bro. The fuck out of here. You know, like that whole New York. And it's it was just like, man, is that fucking depressing? You know, did that guy even hear what this conductor even said? Where is this guy? And it's like, you know, I know. I know where he is. He's nowhere, right? Maybe nobody's ever even said any of that shit to him before. I think it did get through a little because he did look a little... The fact that he was so disoriented and didn't know how to respond directly, like appropriately, that's usually someone who, who like, you fucked them up a little bit. And so they're on automatic. They're on autopilot because he was, the young guy's responding to what the conductor, what he thinks the conductor or expected him to say, right? Like, get the fuck out of here. But instead, this guy said this, this true thing, like this real attempt to communicate something to this guy. And, and it's like, he just said something just completely stupid in reply, just complete disconnect. And I think that's usually what happens when you're on autopilot, but then as you're, you know, like you're just, you lean back to take the throw and then your body like carries you through to throw the ball. But halfway through, you're like, wait a minute, that's not a goal. That's my mom's face. You know, ah, I didn't mean to throw it at my mom's face. Yeah. And it's fucked up, man. And it's like, I know it's because of, um, I mean, you know, it's a lot of reasons, but it's just a lot of shit going on, like rich people moving out, right? The city's just being not invested in, in general. You can always tell when it's happening because first of all, they start letting all the crazy people out instead of taking care of them. And, uh, that's like, you start seeing them on the streets. That's like, that's like the, the seven plagues of New York, you know, it's like the locusts, you know, the first, it's the, the crazies first. If they're not taking care of them and trying to help them get well, if there's no resources for that, they got to throw them on the street. So once you see that, that's when you know New York is about to go through some fucking shit, shite, and bollocks. So I'm just going to randomly like say British words and uh, yeah, 
And so, and then you start to see, and it's like, and I hate it because it means that it means a lot of other things. You know, you start to see that kind of stuff, like the drugs and everything, homelessness. And it means that like the people that do have homes, like a lot of them are just barely holding on with their fucking, by their toes, they're holding on to their apartments. You know, there's like people that, or they're like packing in apartments. There's like probably 20 people living in some of them just to kind of survive and be able to pay the rent. And, um, yeah, and it, it gets rough. So that's why it's just like, if you can leave, if you can get out, get the fuck out, get the fuck out of New York if you can, or try to be like a little ways out of it or something. There's no re. there's nothing, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like these, like any kind of cultural group or anything, any ethnic group that's trying to tell you, like, if you leave now, somehow you're selling out or something, that whole like brain drain bullshit. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you in the butt. Okay, like get out. If you can get out, get out, right? How are you going to help anybody if you can't help yourself? I think is what I'm trying to say, right? It's fine to try to maybe help a friend, help some family and stuff, but you you got to you got to get get to a position where you can actually help. And you can't do that if you're drowning with everybody else. So, I don't know. This just always bothered me. Especially in the years leading up to like now, there's like all these people like, yeah, you're gonna leave New York just when she needs you the most. Get out there. We don't need just like, excuse me, New York is not a lady, right? She's not a she's not a damsel in distress. New York is a fucking city. It's just a, it's just a city, and um, and it's a decrepit city, and it's pretty much being held up now by about 250 years worth of black gum. That's just holding the walls together and it, it vomit and diarrhea and, and that, and the, the, you know, calcified vomit and diarrhea specifically, you know, and, and the gum that's, that's, that's what makes up most of the walls of the subway system. You know what I mean? And, uh, there's like probably like fucking bubonic plague in the diarrhea and AIDS and shit. And it's just all there festering like the way uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, like greenhouse gases underneath the Arctic ice sheet, you know, that people are freaking out about. Uh, it's, that's the same thing with the filth that's underneath everything. And it's like, if you disturb it, I mean, we, we could all die. Who knows what the hell's at the bottom of that shit. Okay. Who knows what mutant crocodile human lives underneath all that shit i mean the city it's just a city you know it's not your identity you know you don't belong to it and it doesn't belong to you it's it's not an anthropomorphic being so stop anthropomorphizing it you know what i'm saying i don't know yeah I'm, th- I'm thinking about a couple people in particular. Like, I just seen it. It's just like, get over it, man. It's like, this the city is not your identity. They, they're fucking, people make New York their entire fucking identity. They just like, they wear everything to look like New York. They got the, the this and that. They were Tim's maybe or some other shit or they listen to this or that. It's like, you know, they and then you start, you, you don't even look like an individual anymore after a while. You know, you look like, you look like one of those fucking uh, backup dancers in that movie, The Wiz, you know, the, the, the black wizard of Oz, basically the Wiz, you know, in the beginning where she, uh, lands in that playground and then those like dancing beings come out of the fucking walls and they, they look like they were like graffitied onto the wall and then they like, they're like plastered onto it and then they peel themselves off and start dancing. Like everybody who makes New York their identity ends up invariably looking like one of those, you know? Like you're not even, you're not an individual person. You're just like, you're just a creature of Manhattan. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just that I just always see the, the opinion going that way where it's like fucking New York. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta live it, love it or leave it. You know, it's like, no, (laughs) no, leave it. Okay. If it's, uh, if it sucks, if it's draining you, okay, if you outgrew it, okay, if you need a break, just leave. You can always come back. You can always come back. 
And it's good that you leave, okay? Fuck it. Especially, I feel like, if you grew up there. That's that's kind of the, the, the point. I'm trying... It's... If you grew up in New York, that's it, dude. Everything New York had to offer, everything that it could do to hone your whatever you have, right? It did it. You're an adult now. Go somewhere where you're challenged in a different way. I think New York is better for people who aren't from there because they never lived in a haunted house before, right? Haunted house, yeah, get through it. Makes you appreciate, uh, it makes you appreciate a placid lake. Okay, makes you makes you want to look at the sky, and not do much of anything else for a little while, and then that's what I'm. I, you know, it's just like, do what you can, go where you want, and don't let anybody tell you that if you're leaving New York, you're a sellout or some shit like that, because they're just sad. They're sad people. They don't know who they are without a whole city, you know. They don't know who they are without wearing a city like a cloak, you know. That's not a person you want to emulate. Ugh, whatever. I don't know. The, the one thing, though, is I can't decide. I don't know. You know, it, everybody says, like, being poor in New York is, is worse than being than being poor outside of New York. That I'm not so sure of because I know New York has better resources, like state funds and shit for unemployment and all that stuff. It tends to have, you know, it's easier to access. and And that's good, I think. It's... I think it's better and I, maybe California also but if that were the case then I mean because there's a lot of fucked up people in California no, nobody seems to be able to help them so I don't know I don't know I think it's just like I think it's like you know people people want to to help people who are in a rough spot where you know economically emotionally you know people people want to help fucked up people uh, in whatever way they're fucked, but they also don't know how, because I don't think people, you know, with all the research and all the bullshit people say and all the books people write and all the terms they coin and all the systemic this and that, you know, nobody actually knows how to fix it. And the problem with that is, is that we give them our fucking money, the government, right? Give them a tax money. You're like, fix it, right? You have the money, pay for the experts, get the research done, figure it out. And they tell you that they're gonna. They're like, yeah, we're gonna fucking figure it out. Right? And then uh, the problem with that is that there's like 10 different kinds of research with 10 different kinds of conclusions as to what should be done. And then that's where the politics start. And then what ends up happening is just like, they pick like the worst thing. They don't even implement it well. It doesn't help. And then the problem, here's where the trick is, right? They already invested all the money to open up the department of fuckface McGee, uh, you know, whatever, who's going to do X, Y, Z. And that person doesn't want to lose their job. So then they and the whole department doesn't want to lose their job. Right. So then they just keep pushing away at a brick wall with their bare hands. They just keep pushing at a wall, you know, to get out somewhere. There's no exit there. All right, this analogy is going all over the fucking place. But what I'm saying is like they they spend money on departments to do things to help, let's say, the homeless, right? They say, this is how we're going to help the homeless. It doesn't, right? Rather than go, hey, let's pack it up then and figure something else out because this is clearly not working. They just kind of go, well, no, you know, the problem is, is like, you know, we didn't try better. We, we, we have to try harder, better, gooder, and also Republicans, you know, and it's like, okay. Here's more money, right? Let's hire more people. And then they just keep they're just bloating. The, and it just gets bigger and bigger and nothing gets done. And then you're just hiring more and more people who have nothing jobs that do nothing. And whatever they accomplish, they accomplish, you know, on their own as individuals because they're adjacent to the thing they're supposed to be fixing and not because that actual department works. And then it just goes on for decades, decades. You're blowing money on a thing that doesn't work and it's not helping anybody and it just continues that i mean that's that's literally what i've seen over and over and over again that's like and then it's like oh and then when they finally finally they got to do budget cuts right that's when everybody starts calling out the pork barrel spending programs right and it's like everybody starts freaking out it's like oh what are we spending all this money on? and it's like they don't give a fuck now it's just like it's just budget cut season right so now they start all of a sudden it's like you guys haven't been doing anything at all and it's like okay all right you knew that but you didn't care 
And meanwhile, you know, every the more people just keep being fucked up, right? They stay homeless, they stay on drugs, they stay this, they stay unemployed, blah blah blah, family separate, all that shit. It's like I don't know, man. Nobody has and nobody, nobody, nobody has an answer. Nobody. Nobody. And that's that's the the rub. I think we're just what I'm starting to feel is that and this is not backed by any data and I'm not smart, right? And I'm not a researcher and I'm not an expert. I just feel like at this point in time, things are changing so fast. So many things, so many things about our lives are about to just be completely rocked in, in technology and innovation on whatever in the metaverse and whatever the whatever it is bit you know cryptocurrency right all these things are coming to a head longevity research and like bringing back the tasmanian devil and all you know bringing back the woolly mammoth and genetic uh experimentation and crispr like there's just, this shit is all fucking percolating like i don't know one way or the other life is going to be so different in the next 20 years I don't think there's a lot about what's happening now that you can really take a top-down approach towards. There's nothing, there's nobody that can help us right now. You know what I mean? Like, maybe there even are people that wish they could help. People that work in government, people, maybe there are people that do. I doubt it. I don't think there are very many of those. Most of those people just want to, you know, get a yacht or something, take a bribe get ahead in their career and not really get more votes right but i think the fact is is the fact that they're so corrupt is because you can't do anything right now not i think the only thing you can do whatever you can do right now the only thing you, the only option you have right is to decide what you're going to do and who you're going to be as an individual right now you know like what part of this whole thing are you going to be on the side of right like what are you going to stand for within you know from here until the year 2045 you know what i'm saying like who like where's your line in the sand i think that's all people can do is just be be as much a part of what's happening as possible uh in, in a way that's authentic and as much towards the good as is possible. If that's even what you want to do. I mean, if you want to be a bag of shit, I mean, that's your prerogative, right? Do it, I guess. See where it leads. Who knows what's going to happen? All I know is that fucking... I'm just growing potatoes. That's all I'm doing. Mostly I'm just reading a bunch of books and stuff and trying to focus on comedy. Because that's all I can do, really. So, yeah. It's all I can do because I got to do something. So I might as well do that because that's the thing I like the most. I tried, I tried, you know, I've tried all kinds of career paths. I've tried... I've tried the nonprofit. I've tried the State Department, you know. And by try, I don't mean I was like I was like all 100% in, but I got in far enough to look around and say, "Uh, no thanks." And then leave. I've tried a corporate job. I mean, they all they're all fucking awful. I can't do them. I'll maybe I'll I don't know. Should I start a business? I don't know. Maybe I'll just sell pizza on the highway. That might be something I can get into. I think the worst so far has been corporate. Corporate jobs are soul crushing. I don't know how people do it. I think you got to be, well, first of all, I think you can manage it if you're a social person. But if you're an introverted person, if you can't, like if you get drained by social interactions, I think corporate jobs, they kill you inside. Because if you're social, you at least have that going for you where at least when you're talking to these people you don't you don't feel like 
your your life bars being depleted at least right and so you can maneuver it right you lie about whatever they say you're like yeah i'm into that i love this of course hell yeah i'm a team player right and you can do that but if you're an introvert you have to maneuver lie uh you know and 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 do all that shit while at the same time feeling like you're slowly wilting like a like a dried up flower and so that's just too much and it's because these fucking people they everything they do is geared towards like a like some fake idealistic version of extroversion i don't even i don't even know if extroverts are like that honestly i don't even think extroverts exist but you know that's just between me and you but i think there's just people that could put up with it's the micromanaging you know these these corporate jobs they it would be one thing if they just managed your workload and they were like, hey, uh, you know, you productivity is here and that and this and that. But it's more than that. You know, they want to micromanage your emotional state, your political views, your social views. You know, they want to micromanage. And it's like it's all of them together. Right. It's all of the it's the people they hire. It's the HR departments. And they're all like the same milieu of of fucking sociopathic unempathetic soulless desperate mediocre fucking dickheads you know they just and they just and they have no opinions of their own their opinions are just like these recycled like publicly accepted opinions and they just repeat them and they're just like this person said this can you believe that and then it's like you have to agree because if you don't agree that puts you on the other side right and then all of a sudden you're suspect and then you get reported to hr or some something like that you know it's like they just kind of there's like this constant grapevine of um of like micro gossip and hints and shit as to the the personalities of everybody else where you're just kind of like constantly it's like a checks and balances, but from hell, you know, because it's like a check and balance on your fucking soul where you have to constantly be enthusiastic about things that you don't give a shit about. Right. Yeah. You know, oh, your baby's really not ugly. That's great. You know, oh, how cute. You got to do that. People share pictures of their dogs. If you don't share pictures of your dogs, you're I literally got a talking to because I did not share enough like social media type pictures on my Slack that's fucking crazy, right? Uh, Slack is not Instagram, but they want you to be so all into the company culture that that you don't even use Instagram. Instagram is just secondary to the Instagram of Slack, which is like, ew, dude. If I had an Instagram where it was just the losers that I worked with, I would, I would, I would just trash every fucking piece of technology I own and just walk into the woods and never come back. Because those people suck. They suck. They fucking suck. They don't think they suck. They wouldn't even understand why I'm even saying this. They think they're great. They think they actually have personalities. You know what I mean? And they think their personalities are their dogs. It's like people who think their identity is New York. You know, it's like, be a person, okay? Realize that all of this is bullshit. And that all we have is just this fleeting moment of consciousness and then we're gone. And that's all, really. And we don't even know the full extent of like what we are and who we are and where we come from. And there's always this bigger mystery. And everything you're saying is so unimportant right now compared to that. I don't give a shit about your dog, okay? I don't. And it just never... And that's the thing. It's like, it, that's why the invention of the HR department is probably one of the most evil things ever created ever it, for for working people you know because hr is just that's it it's like it's the micromanagement of of a of the human soul okay it's the attempt to shape and guide your inner experience so that it always reflects company culture you know what I'm saying? How doesn't that sound horrific? Doesn't that sound like fucking hell on earth? Right? It's like my 
inner experience, my consciousness, that's for fucking me, okay? That's not yours. There are things in here that mean things that only I give a shit about, and I'm okay with that. And I don't have any room in this dusty attic of a, of a mind for your shit, too. It's cluttered. I got my own shit going on, okay? I don't know. I admire anybody that could get through corporate America and intact. You know what I mean? Because that shit just fucking deconstructs you and just builds you up again to be a shill. To just be nothing. But I think, like I said, I think you can you can manage it if you're if you're an extrovert because you you have that going for you where you, you don't get depleted, you know, by by the interactions at least, right? So all you have to do is like field off shit and you know, and then you can afford to be a little cynical about it. But if you're if you're like a person who who can't handle that shit, who can't who who can't just be talking to people on meetings and shit all the time, it's like it, like because then on top of that, you have to lie and try to hide your cynicism and you're tired so i don't know and then working like a low-wage job is because low-wage jobs are are soul killing in a different way you know i saw that amazon there's a um i saw a picture on twitter of an amazon computer like a worker at amazon every few hours or so the computer will shut off and then make them go through like a mindfulness meditation session that's what I'm talking about. It's like, you don't, excuse me? You don't fucking, who the fuck do you think you are? That's mine. That, you know what I mean? Like, that's my mind. Don't make me go through a meditation, okay? Fuck you. And it's like, when they tell you how to, like, what books to read, they suggest books. It's like, dude, there's a quote, I don't know where it's from, but it's the it's one of the truest quotes ever. It's like, when people try to tell you what you you should read, what they're really trying to tell you is what you should think. And that's, that's exactly all of that shit in a nutshell, corporate America. They're trying to tell you how to think, what to think about. You know what I mean? Like where to put your feelings, where to put your loyalty. And it's, and it's not, it, I can't even pretend to do that because it's a lie. You know, I can't live this double life where I give a shit about the corporate retreat you know, weekend or whatever the fuck. I, I can't, I give no fucks about trust falls, okay? I'm not that kind of person. And that's then it just drives me crazy because trust falls are, are, for some people, it's their favorite fucking thing. And those are the people that thrive in corporate culture is those kind of people. And it's like, I don't even know how people like that exist. How do they live with themselves? What is happening? Trust falls? Trust falls? Life is a fucking trust fall. You are hurtling to death. Death is ground zero. You're going down, okay? And you just have to trust that it's worth the fucking fall, the, the ride, okay? It, why, why do I have to do additional that? When I, it's like I got to work through faith on my own. Like, it's not your, none of your business. That's why I don't like church either. It's none of your fucking business. Okay, it's your business if I choose for you to be in a part of this. If I feel like you'll get it or like we can connect, sure. But the minute they make an institution about micromanaging like what happens inside of you, that I'm out. That sucks. And there's always people trying to do that. That's the thing I see the most everywhere, online, offline. It's like everybody is trying to like wrap you up into some fucking group and have loyalty to the group and like somehow everybody has to grow and be shaped like a fucking shitty tree into the shape of the group and everybody has to grow in the same direction it's i can't deal with that i don't i i honestly do not understand why anybody can how they can it i i just keep going back to the extrovert thing it has to be that it has to be that right it has to be extroversion i don't know what that is i've never felt it but maybe it has to be, it just has to be that can't be anything else. For some reason, there are people that like to just climb onto each other and then just grow in the same direction and just all like the same kind of pizza or something. And like, they, and without it, they just are lost. 
in the world. They're just adrift. So, I don't know. That's why it's totally, you know, when everybody got off, uh, got on unemployment during the pandemic and then they were like, why aren't people going back to work? There was a subreddit where somebody asked, like, how is it, how are you guys making a living or what are you doing? And for a lot of low wage people, they were just like, fucking, I'm stealing. That's what I'm doing. Fraud. <laughs> there was a lot of like, uh, fraud, of course. Phishing emails. That's how I make my living. But then there were other people that were just like, I just make shit on Etsy and I sell it. I just make, I make, uh, you know, I make tea cozies for, for, uh, circ circumcised penises and I sell it on Etsy I make mustaches for motorcycles I sell it on Etsy that's and that's uh that's the thing I think a lot of people realize is that you could just do some bullshit thing and sell some bullshit online and you would make about the same amount of money as working for the amount that they pay you at an Arby's you know it's not worth it so why why go and that's what these people can't understand Cause it's, it's like, and I think it's the micromanaging thing. Cause I think it's, it's, it's one thing if you just don't pay people, it's another thing if like all of a sudden you got to be a part of some fucking corporate team and the team culture and all this other, it's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm out. I am out. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just, you know, there's the city, the world. Uh, the way we know it is over. That's it. Things are changing too fast. There's things that are happening that I don't even fully understand the ramifications of. I saw this, there was this video I saw where some guy was, he was talking about actually another video. And so I guess there's just people talking about this online right now. And it's basically about how the Google search and Bing search browsers um, are, it seems, basically hiding virtually all of the search results and favoring only search results that are sort of mainstream media uh, sanctioned um, results. So essentially, I think, I mean, you could try this yourself, right? You go... If you go on a Google search and search for anything, you just talk about search search for climate change, search for January 6th, search for, I don't know, puppies or whatever. Uh, the search results, you know, because the internet's been around for a while now. So there's, there's like millions of blogs and billions of articles and this and that, right? People write posts all the time. So the search results will show pop up to be... Like they'll show you the number in the search results and it'll be about like 6 billion whatever the hell results for your fucking corgi butts, right? But if you start to scroll, if you start to, you know, swipe through the pages of search results, once you get past like four or five, suddenly that number will go down to, oh, there are only 40 results and you can't get further than that fourth or fifth page. So uh, basically the 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 6 billion results are gone they're being hidden by google and the only ones you can see usually are any results that are like from the new york times or cnn or msnbc or fox news right or any anything like mainstream and that seems fucked up because that means everybody's individual blogs everybody like your tumblr if you wrote about corgi butts or facebook posts or anything like it's all been deleted it's still showing that it's there but you can't find it it doesn't exist anymore really so google and bing are essentially erasing the internet and they're only keeping mainstream shit and nothing from individuals or small groups of people or anything like that which means in a way I mean, they basically, they're erasing history. They're erasing recorded history because I don't think anybody's publishing books about, you know, everybody's uh, blog posts about corgi butts since 
you know, 20, 2005 or whatever, right? That's not a book in the library that you could check out. And, uh, I don't know. That's not good. I wonder if you could get, if you could get those results with some kind of like freedom of information act or whatever, cause that's, um, that's not good at all. I, I think it's going to be where you're only going to be able to get like state sanctioned results about certain things. You're not going to be able to get a person's take on it. Anybody's. Ooh, well, and that's the thing. I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around that. I don't even know what, like, what is that even going to look like? What, what, how's that going to be used to, to fucking screw us over? Like everything else always is. I guess we'll see. I mean, just the fact that they can erase parts of history and other people's points of view and shit. I mean, I guess basically they can control narratives now, right? They can control narratives because they can control what you think is like the historical origin of any idea, right? You're only going to see it from like one or two sources. So you're never going to really be able to have like a wider scope to, to like make up your own mind about something. So, I don't know. But at least they're bringing back the Tasmanian tiger, right? We'll see where it all goes, I suppose. I think that's it for me for today. Uh, it's going to make this a short one. I just wanted to update you, say what's up, see how you're doing, talk about crap, shoot the shit, say what's up. Did I say that already? Well, what's up? And it's, uh, it's good that you're listening again. I'm glad you did. And I hope you come back and listen to some more. I'll be uh, recording another one next week as usual. So like, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. You know what to do. I don't know. I got to give the spiel though. You just have to. You know what I mean? It's just like a reminder. We all have ADD right now. So you need to, to just tell people. Just, just, you know, just like put a pin on it. If you like this podcast, like, subscribe, you know, just uh, keep in touch. And uh, feel free to reach out if you got any questions or opinions or, you know, just comment in the comment section of wherever the fuck you found this. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to go now. You've been great because uh, I've been doing all of the talking and that's awesome for once. So, yeah, I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.